0: This podcast is generously supported by the Jesus Bible NIV edition with exclusive articles from Louis Giglio, John Piper, and Randy Alcorn. The Jesus Bible lifts Jesus up as the lead story of the Bible. It is available as a full study Bible, as well as available as individual Bible journals. Find out more at www.thejesusbible.com. Want to learn how to interpret and teach the entire Bible in a way that is Christ centered and clear learn with us here on the Christ-centered and clear podcast Welcome to the Christ-centered and clear podcast where we have conversations about Christ and all the scriptures for every church In this episode, we continue our conversation about Joshua. In part one, we covered uh, the story of Joshua in the Old Testament, as well as some ways that uh, his story points us to Christ. And in part two of this conversation, we continue to look at how Joshua points us forward to Christ, as well as how we can apply aspects of Joshua's life to our own life. So thanks for listening to the Christ-Centered and Clear podcast. So any other before we move to application, any other um, just narratives or parts of the story that stand out as far as how you would point people to Christ? Yeah, with that? So
1: I, I would jump to the end of, of the book of Joshua, like in Joshua 21, for example, there's a really interesting phrase. I think this is helpful for pointing to Christ and also for us to think about um, application. Um, but in the at the end of, of Joshua 21, he says, thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers and they took possession of it and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just just as He had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into the hand into their hands. Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. And so, this is an interesting uh, interesting text that God kept all of His promises uh, to Israel. And so, was that the allotment of the land? Okay, the inheritance He promised to give them, He gave them. Conquest of their enemies. And rest, okay. He he gave that to them, Um, and so God is the the promise keeper, right? He's He's promised to give them land and rest from their enemies. He has uh, accomplished that, and so it's kind of like that as we talked about um, that this return to Eden, really, honestly, a paradise like home that's been subdued, filled. This is the language that's being used in in Joshua. Uh, It's been subdued. It's being filled, um, and enemies are under their Uh, feet. Uh, And so the Bible starts with a home and then Joshua ends with them in the home that God had, um, had promised them and they had been, they had been cast out of. Right. And so uh, this is what we sing in um, the old hymn on Jordan's stormy banks. Like we're, we're looking forward Mm -hmm. to the home that God has promised to us. And so God says, look, I've kept all of my promises, everything that I said that I would do. And so when I, when I'm preaching that point to Jesus, that God has Second Corinthians one 20, right? All, of, all of God's promises are yes. And amen. in Jesus that he has, he has given us an inheritance. You know, Galatians talk about this. He has defeated our enemies. He's defeated Satan. He's defeated death. He's defeated sin. He's defeated hell mm-hmm. and the grave. He has given us rest. Okay. Now we're, we, and then when I'm, when I'm preaching this, you kind of, you have to talk about already, not yet that uh, in the same way in Joshua, right? they, he kept his promises. Um, you look around, he's done what he said he was going to do. And yet um, they failed to drive out all the enemies. Okay. Um And so that, that's the same for us. Life in a fallen world is uh, we have that down payment on the promises that God has given to us, but we don't yet have the full reality of those things. Uh, and so I think that's one of the ways, one of the things that you're going to point out um, when you're at the end of the the book of Joshua. We have a taste of return to paradise, um, but we're going to, you know, we we don't fully have yet what we're going to have. And that's what that's the, really the way the book ends um, is this in Joshua 24. You kind of have this covenant renewal ceremony where he's basically telling them people to get rid of your idols and. Um, and to make a choice that you're going to serve the Lord, your God and him only. Um, and that's, you know, if you're preaching that you're going to obviously talk about idolatry and the things that we put in God's place, but he's, he's asking them to give this exclusive devotion uh, to the Lord. And then he, he, he basically retells the salvation history. Here's what God has done for you. Um, what did those gods ever do for you? The ones that you used to serve. Um, and yet um, he then tells him, look, there's coming a day when you're not, you're not going to keep the promise you've made. You're going to be uh, driven out of the land. Um, but God is going to keep his, but God is going to keep his promise to his people. And um, um, he's going to, he's going to bring them back. And so uh, in Joshua 24, you know, you're really, you're really talking about uh, exclusive devotion to the Lord and that we're, we're called to have him and no, no rivals uh, in his, in his place. You're, you know, uh, loyalty um and then they're gonna they're gonna fail but god's God's gonna keep his his promise to Israel
0: what about uh, so let's move to application then what are some ways that you would apply um the life of Joshua to your your folks
1: yeah so so in the in the story of um Jericho you know you've got uh, one the the first thing is again that that idea of judgment God is holy Um, He cannot allow sin to go unpunished. The wages of sin is death. And, um, you know, just setting up in in a human in human categories, a judge who allowed guilty people to go unpunished. We would think of that as a scandal and uh, we we would be outraged by it. I mean, we're outraged when a referee makes a bad call. (laughs) Yes, especially if it's our team. (laughs) It, it, it is. It's amazing. We want we want justice when it's when it's uh, the other team, and we want grace when it's our team. I, I, I was we uh, were texting with some friends during a football game. Like a, a friend who's a, a a fan of the Green Bay Packers, which is just you know outrageous. Oh, and um, yeah. and it's like, hey, that was pass interference. Y'all y'all got away with it. And he's like, well, I don't care. We got away with it. You know, so, so it's You know, it's amazing. When we want grace when it's our team. We want justice when it's the other team.
0: This podcast is generously supported by the Jesus Bible NIV Edition. Zondervan Bibles has partnered with the Passion Movement to bring you an accessible study Bible with features designed to help you meet Jesus throughout the Scripture. With over 1,000 articles and essays written by contributors like Louis Giglio, John Piper, and Randy Alcorn, this study Bible is written so that you may know Him more intimately, love Him more passionately, and walk with Him more faithfully. The Full Jesus Bible has been changing lives since 2017. And now select books of the Jesus Bible are available as individual Bible journals. The handy size and ample space for taking notes make these Bible journals an ideal one for group study or personal devotions. Chronicle your own journey of faith as you discover Jesus as the lead story of the Bible in five Old Testament books and nine New Testament books. There was never a moment before him. There will never be a moment without him. There is no BC. Find out more at thejesusbible.com.
1: One of the things that that when you're applying this again, and we think about that idea of um, violence and so forth, is to say, look, this is a specific time in history where God commissioned a specific spirit anointed leader to execute vengeance against sin. This is not something that he's, and the New Testament's clear, this is not something that he's given to you. This is, this is, this, this this belongs to him. Yeah.
0: This is not the application of this The application
1: for us is (laughs) that we forgive and we leave vengeance to God. Um, that's, that's clear, but, um, you know, there, there are, there are Christian leaders in war-torn areas, uh, and I try to bring this out in, in war-torn areas who who will say things like, look, um, this idea of God is not, God is all love and he's no, he's not violent at all. And he's not just at all can only really find expression in the suburbs, uh, basically, basically like. Where where people live a nice quiet life because he's um, if you live in a place where your your wives and your daughters have been raped and your your men have been killed and and uh, then how can you he, basically one Christian leader says the only way that you can let go of um, the wrong that's been done to you and genuinely forgive and genuinely entrust it to the Lord is if you trust that the Lord is going to be the one who sets things right. And so that, so I, violence is, is only right when it's, when it's done by God and done in a just way. Uh, And then we're not called to participate in that. We're called to lay that at his feet and allow him to be the one who does it. And and, and again, I, sometimes I'll funnily try to point this out too, because, you know, like when, with our, with our kids, um, if, Uh, You know, one time I remember Judson uh, flicked Maddie in the ear twice. And I was like, why did, why did you do that? And he said, well, because she flicked me once. And it's like, okay, so you took what she did and you carried it even further. And that's what happens. There's this, there's this cycle of violence, retaliation, violence, retaliation that humans do that is unjust and that it's not right. And that's why we, we entrust it to the Lord. Uh, and so that's, that's one thing that you're, I'm going to point out, uh, in application when I do that, obviously there's going to be, uh, evangelistic application, Rahab's faith and how she is saved. And again, I, I'm just, one of the main things, again, is this idea of, of salvation through judgment is to say, look, God is, is just, but at every single point where he pours out his judgment, there are people who are set free. That's true in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's true at uh Jericho. That's mm-hmm. that's true. Uh, in mean, all these different places where God pours out his judgment. Noah. Noah covered. I yep. mean God allows rescue. And so he is he is a gracious God. Uh and so that's gonna be um a key, a key point of application as well. In some of the other in some of the other texts, uh, for example, that the Joshua 21 uh text, we're talking about God keeps his promises. But they've not yet been fully fulfilled. I'm going to talk about, you know, living in that in between time, and and one of the challenges that Christians have a lot of, a lot of times that I've seen is um is this, is that this idea of well, if God is really for me, then why is my life going the way it is now, and how how can I, the way I put it is, is is how can I, um, keep the faith when Christianity doesn't seem to work. And, um, and so you're, you've got to come in and say, look, it is working. Look at all these things that he's given you, uh, look at all these things that that you have, but it's, but they're just a foretaste of glory divine. Right. And so you've got to, you've got to hold on to faith in the, in the already before the not yet. Uh, and then Joshua 24, what is it that you're putting in the place of the Lord? In that sermon, I kind of set up as a joke, like, you know, people who have, Uh, there are people who have like exclusive brand devotion. Right. And so you have like, there's a specific pizza I like, and I don't, I think everything else is trash. There's a specific airline I like. I think all of the other ones are awful. There's a specific, you know, there's, there's Apple people and then there's, uh, you know, um, Android people. And so there's people who want and, and there's, there's Coke people. And for whatever reason, there are some Pepsi people, um,
0: Pepsi's awful. I mean, when, when the waiter says is Pepsi. Okay. I would say it's, it's acceptable. Yeah. Basically. But at at this
1: point, I don't even, I don't even get it. Like I, I just get water. Um, and so, (laughs) so we, so we, we can give exclusive devotion to brands and we won't settle for second best, but, but then we divide our allegiance when it comes to the Lord and uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the one who's given us everything. And so that, it doesn't make any sense. And that, it doesn't make any sense as you think about all that he has he has done for us. And so uh we need to give exclusive uh, devotion to the Lord. And then the last thing I would say just uh, in terms of application is um that when you think about the conquest that God pours out again I'm come back to this idea of violence. When you think about the conquest of of Canaan and what God used um joshua to do you really need to read in there um john 3 16 that, that what's happening yep. here is that god loves the world so much that he's going to make sure that he gives his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life if israel had not defeated the canaanites then the canaanites would have eventually defeated israel if you defeat israel wipe israel, israel out then there's going to be no David and there's going to be no Solomon and there's going to be no Josiah. And eventually there's going to be no Jesus. And if there's no Jesus, then we all go to hell. And so we see this specifically in, in the preservation of Rahab. She is, you know, great, 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 great grandmother of, of Jesus. She's, she's in the line. And so God is keeping his promise. Genesis chapter three, that he's going to bring about, a rescuer, um, and that he's he's using Joshua uh, to that end, and so Joshua really the story is about John three sixteen. God loves the world so much he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life.
0: We don't have to go too deep into this, but wanted to bring up. So I know there's a lot of, I don't know if you brought this up in application when you preached the Jericho story. You've never preached through Joshua, right? The whole book? No, I preached through a lot of it, but not the whole book. So the the ethical questions about Rahab, um, you know, there's there's debate about she's she's deceptive, you know, in, in that
1: sense. What what do you bring up there um, for your folks? Yeah, so so I have I've I've touched on that before. I would just say so I mean that that is a it can be a very uh complex ethical debate. But I would just say one so we we I just start with scripture. Okay. Yeah. Scripture Scripture start. blesses what Rahab did, okay, and so I think this is my opinion. There are people who differ with me. I think I I think that God is not upset with her for deceiving the king's men who come and for hiding the men away. In the same way that I don't think, um, you know, the stories in the Holocaust where uh, people hid Jews and and lied to the Nazis. I don't, I think I think. I I believe the Bible teaches something that these terms, you know, hierarchicalism or graded absolutism or whatever, that when two commands of God come into conflict, there are some that are higher valued than others. And so I think preserving life in that moment is more important than telling the truth. And so Rahab did the right thing in the same way that I think you see in Daniel chapter three, Daniel chapter six, Acts chapter four, you are called to obey the government. We are called to obey governing authorities. But if a governing authority is asking you to disobey God, then you choose God. That's the higher value is to choose God. So when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are told to bow down um, to the golden statue, they have An ethical responsibility not to obey the government at that point, but to practice civil disobedience—not in a in a you know in-your-face arrogant kind of way—but they are called to say, "Look, we're not we're not going to do that." Daniel called to pray to the king. He's going to say, "Look, I'm not going to do that. I'm uh, praying to the Lord only." Acts four, the disciples are told, "Don't preach in this name anymore." And they say, "Listen, y'all, you know, you judge whether that's right. We're we're going to keep proclaiming uh, the name of Jesus." And so, when two of these things come into conflict, there is a graded or a hierarchical uh, value that's that's better. And so, I think um, that's why Rahab does the right thing in hiding them away, preserving their life. And um, and so, it's not it's not a sin in that in that moment. Now, that's not 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 to be used when I whenever I've walked through this with my people. It's not to be used as an excuse for sin. Because those are rare, those are rare instances where these things clash like that. And so, and it's not, it's not, it's not to say anything the government does that I don't like that. I just, I go against it. You know, that's (laughs) not, that's not what's happening. This
0: podcast is sponsored by the pillar network. If you're the pastor of a revitalization or a replant seeking to lead your church towards healthy Baptist ecclesiology, you should consider the pillar network learn more about their DNA and what partnership looks like by visiting the pillarnetwork.com again the pillarnetwork.com any uh, thoughts on resources that you used when you went through um, went through this book
1: yeah I used I I, th- I always find the uh, the Tyndale Old Testament commentaries pretty helpful and so I thought Richard Hess uh, was pretty was pretty good on this. And then my my professor uh, that I studied with, Ken Matthews, uh, who's at Beeson Divinity, has one in the Teach the Text commentary series, which I think is a really, it's a new kind of series that's really helpful. And I think Ken, I, I know I'm biased, I think Ken is just such a great Christian gentleman and scholar. His commentary uh, in Genesis and in the New American commentary series is just phenomenal and uh what he did in joshua is really good too. So those were two um that I would really commend. Um and then I I think I just used um uh light Peter Lightheart and um Edmund Clowney's stuff on Joshua a lot. I lean I leaned on their stuff um in uh House for my name and um in um uh, The Unfolding Mystery. And so those are those are really helpful.
0: That's good. And we'll talk more about um both Cell hammer we mentioned in this podcast and as well as uh we'll talk about lightheart and others we've been uh, sent a few questions about resources that we use and uh so we'll, we'll talk through those in a, in a later podcast if you do have questions feel free to submit we'll probably take a break from a series at some point and just do a, a whole podcast on questions that have been uh, sent in but but feel free to send in questions we'll, we'll cover those and then next week we're going to either jump into uh ruth or to judges and so um, be looking for that, but uh, this this kind of wraps us up for the um, for the life of Joshua. So, thanks for listening to the Christ Center and Clear podcast. you for listening to the Christ Centered and Clear podcast. If you have questions or topics or texts you would like us to consider for future podcasts, please contact us at Clear at gmail.com and please visit us at ChristCenteredAndClear.com for more resources.